0: And now we're on. Uh, hello, welcome to the boldness. My name's Phineas Mere. Joining me in CO is, as he usually does, Raphael Kaleb. Hiya, Raphael. Finn, how are you doing tonight? I am except I'm very well. Now, before we go on, we should mention the boldness is all about, well, it is all about not just waiting for some well meaning person to give you your human rights, but demanding them. So, act. Uh, Coming up on
1: today's what have we got coming up on today's show, Raphael? Well, it's actually perfectly tidying with the theme of the boldness about people involved in advocacy, about standing up and making sure they get essential services. And tonight we are talking with Tomohiro Matasuruka a Coburg um carer. And I think we have got uh, Tomohiro on the line at the moment. Hello, Tomo. Good evening. Tomo, is that, for the purpose of this, we're going to call you Tomo if it's okay. Right. yeah,
2: Tomo is fine, yeah.
1: Now, Tomo, is that if there were going to be cutbacks to disability services, how would that actually affect people from Moreland Uh, Council? Well,
2: um, uh, to explain what we have right now and what happened in the past month, um, Moreland Council offers um, the, the support services uh, which uh, use your age and the disability services and uh, the carer comes visit home and for aged people the carer help cleaning the house or bathing services or shopping assistance or for families of people with the disabilities uh, again the similar care services or in our case um, carer comes to our place in the evening and uh, the care, uh, the, basically I can go out. Uh, I have a child with an intellectual disability. Uh, my daughter is 15 years old, almost 16, in a couple of weeks. And uh, usually once a week, council care comes to our house in the evening, and we, me and myself and my wife can go out. Or if my wife is overseas, literally these services allows me to just even go to grocery shopping because Quite often, it is very difficult to go shopping uh, with my daughter. But suddenly, about a month ago, uh, actually it's over a month ago, uh, it was actually Friday 3rd of June, we received a letter in the mailbox and which basically said that uh, council is going to stop the services after 7 p.m. on weekdays and on weekends. So there will be services only 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the people who are receiving outside these hours, the services will be cut over the next uh, 6 months period, and there will be no service after the end of the year. And this is totally out of blue. And uh, for people like us, we're receiving the services uh, after 7 p.m. Uh, we can't simply move the service to uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. because that's not the, the service we need but there was no consultation or anything, just a letter in the mailbox. letter was actually dated the 1st of June and then says that the starting 2nd of June, we're going to start cutting services. And we received a letter in the 3rd of June. And it just totally out of the blue. Well,
1: so it came, oh, came as a very big shock to you then?
2: Oh yes, it was shocking. And uh, um, I contacted one of the more counselor. I have a in contact with Sue Bolton, and she was uh, shocked as well. But I wasn't the only uh, parent carer who contacted her. Uh, there are other uh, carers and parents affected by this change who already contacted Sue Bolton. So we get together and uh, discuss what we can do. And the first thing we did was that uh, we went to the council meeting, June council meeting, and uh, in the question time, myself and another father uh, asked a question and uh, why this cut is happening, and even without the consultation. And the surprising thing was that uh, even counselor looked surprised that, uh, what is this about? They didn't even realize that what we're talking about. And then uh, later, we received a response from acting mayor, and uh, this was not basically what they intended. And they the statement says that, the, oh, there will be no change unless it is safe to do so. But when I look at the letter, there's nothing that says that there's no change unless it is safe to do so. On the contrary, we received a phone call from a council worker who appointed to implement this uh, cut. And this person, she basically told me that uh, you have to move to 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Otherwise, you simply lose. And at one stage, there won't be any service after hours, so it's better to move on now. And there's no explanation that there's no change unless it is safe to do so. So we requested also a meeting with the council manager and the director. The bureaucrats basically responsible for this change. And they also said, oh, yeah, 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 well, letter could have been written in a better way, but this is what we have to do because it's based on the council decision in December. And December council de- decision, we don't know anything about it. Later, it turned out that the December last year, council decided some funding uh, budget approval in a confidential section. Because it's confidential section, part of the meeting, public didn't know. And based on this decision, bureaucrat said, well, council decided to cut the funding. We no longer have a budget, approve the budget. We no longer fund to support the after-hour service, so we have to do it. And this is totally unacceptable. And then, in the course of time, uh, we approached the community paper and the than leader covered this story. And through than leader publication, actually, some parents contacted the the paper. And through the paper, I get in touch with these parents affected by change. And some parents are already notified the cut. They simply receive the phone call and saying that uh, oh if you don't move to 7 a.m to 7 p.m then you will no longer have service your service will be terminated July 20 something da, da, da. So, so there are many other parents uh, so what do you what are you what are you,
0: what, what are you hoping what, what are you hoping for are, are, you, are you hoping for greater consultation or or is it sim- simply a matter of uh, you you'd like if, if council are going to implement these cutbacks, you you like more times so you can make other arrangements, like seeing outside agencies.
2: Yeah, that uh, you know, most important thing is that uh, as you know, may know that uh, quite often the people with disabilities and also their families and the carers, we don't have many choices. Sometimes we don't have a choice. So whenever there's some changes. I think it's important we are consulted beforehand. Instead of someone making decisions and we just simply press upon the decision. We wanna be part of the decision making process. But unfortunately more of the council bureaucrats didn't take into account anything about it. They made a decision for us. They think that's the best way. And they suddenly sent, just simply sent a letter. This is totally inappropriate manner. So that's why that the, we are upset and all the parents get together. And we started collecting petitions. And then uh, the councillor, Sue Bolton, also prepared to put the notice of motion to reinstate the service. And uh, at the council meeting last week, fortunately, the the, the motion by Sue Bolton to reinstate the after-hour and weekend services was supported unanimously and many counselors stood up and they made a comment saying that, that this is not what they expected when they made decision in, back in December. And uh, some counselors actually frankly apologized uh, for the, the handling of this issue. So in a sense, in the end, I think that we want that our voice were heard, but the lots of parents are actually seriously um, affected that the shock because you know, they can cut the service with just single letter, so, so and each parent, they are isolated. They didn't know who to talk to. They simply had to accept that the, what the council uh, council were, uh, bureaucrats told that they, you know we're gonna cut the service at the end of July.
0: So when yeah. so they've carried carried the motion to say that the services will will be reinstated. We're talking we're talking tonight with Tomo out. Ex- your surname is very difficult to pronounce, so I'm not gonna try. <laughs> um <coughs> Matsu- Madur- the, Matuka. Matuka. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry name. about that, yeah, Tomo. Yeah. Tomo Mat- T- okay. T- T- Matuka, who is a who is a who is a City of Moreland resident and also a a, a, uh, a carer. A, well, a, a carer of a well, a care of his daughter who and a parent who happens to ha- um of a of a daughter who happens to have a disability. Um, now, um, we should also mention that. Um, well, in fact, not only Tomo uh, are those decisions is 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 that decision uh, difficult, but it also affects people in a number of suburbs because uh, the city of Moreland is quite large. Anyway, um, getting back to um, getting back to what I, getting back to um, my question, the, the, mm-hmm. with um, now the 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 um, the city has the city of Moreland ha have now agreed to reinstate the service. When do, mm-hmm. when does when does when does the after hours and weekend service resume?
2: Well, that uh, fortunately in my particular case it wasn't uh cancelled yet. What happened was that the council' uh, original plan was that uh, they appointed someone and contact each family, and then to uh, phase out or transition the service. Now I know that some families already received a notice before the council' decision that uh, your service will be cut. I'm hoping that uh, they uh, their services be reinstated as soon as possible. In my particular case, it wasn't cut yet, so service will stay on, but. Uh, council meeting was actually just a week ago, Wednesday last week, and it has been already one week. And the motion also was amended to also include a letter to send a letter of apology. Now, we haven't received the letter yet. We haven't received any notice or contact from the council yet. So we'll wait and we have to be vigilant and wait and see how council bureaucrats who try to cut the service will actually uh, make up the make up and follow the latest council decision. Um, I hope that the, yeah, the thing is back to as before. But one thing we have to keep in mind is that uh, the motion was also amended to make a comment that uh, this cut was uh, intended as a part of the the major change expected in the introduction of the change in the funding change at the federal level yes. and the introduction of NDIS. Now, in Moorland, NDIS is not coming for another two years. But in in two years, because of the NDIS rollout and the federal funding change, there will be significant change coming up. So for now, we just won't, but uh, there may be something coming up in the next two years.
0: And I believe also that the the way that the – and I've got to admit, uh, dear listeners – and Tomo, that I'm I'm not fully across this, but I believe that the the hack funding, uh, which is uh, health health age and com- community care, which takes in a lot of the age and disability services within uh, c- council, the the way that's being fund the way that's being funded is now changing as well. So mm-hmm. so, so that's um, that adds. I guess added complexity, but it it doesn't make your situation any better. What so what are people? What are parents and um, what are parents and uh, other people? Oh, what what are what are parents and, and people uh, elderly people and people with disabilities themselves doing when there is a sh- shortfall in 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 services before before they resume?
2: Um I'm to be honest I'm not sure that uh, that how many people are affected or already cut the service I hope not many according to council uh the, there are 92 families currently receiving services uh after 7 p.m. or weekends and uh over the past month uh council workers have uh, actually very aggressively contacted as family many, as many families as possible to Cut the the services before the the last council meeting. Yep. Uh, so I hope not many people are, uh, were cut, and uh, also that uh, the the council decision specifically states that the re-instated service. So which means that uh, they have to bring back the, the status before the June notice. So there should be services coming back uh, as before. And uh, you mentioned that uh, lots of people in uh, uh, suburbs are affected. One thing also to note that uh, when I met other carers and parents, uh, as you know, that uh, Moorland is a very uh, uh, multicultural suburb. And there are many migrants, including myself. But a lot of the migrants uh, or uh, who have no family to rely on, they so this service is quite essential. But... What council thought was that the council uh, bureaucrats thought was that, the, well, you may have other services available. Uh, you know, go for other services. We just don't have enough money. You, you should ask, you know seek other services. But the problem is that they know that the currently available services is limited. And as, as I said, that there are many families that do not have extended family or friends or network in case of emergency. Like myself, I don't have any relatives living in Australia.
1: Now, Tom, and, uh, if, yeah. oh, Tomo, um yep. as a full time carer, what's part or as a carer what's the type of routine if you're caring for somebody full time? Um, sorry? If a person's um a full a carer for someone on a full time basis yep. what's that can you tell us a little bit about a daily routine, what it actually involves, what time it might start, what time it finishes and what happens in between?
2: Um, My daughter is, as I said, 15, so currently she's a school agent. She attends a special developmental school. So on a weekday, uh, she goes to school uh, on the school bus. So basically she wakes up in the morning quite often. She wakes up very early, sometimes 5, 6 o'clock. She gets up and uh, she needs full support, uh, like changing uh, clothes, feeding, and everything. And then she goes to school on the school bus around eight thirty, and she comes home by uh, school and uh, uh, comes home from school. Um, I would say just before four o'clock, and from four o'clock onwards is full on because uh, sometimes she comes home hungry, sometimes she gets bored. She needs a full attention uh, all the time through to the, by the time she goes to bed and. She, as I said, she needs feeding uh, support. She needs uh, support for having shower and putting on jammies and brushing teeth and everything. And also, when she goes to bed, she has to wear nappies. And also, sometimes it takes a while for her to go to sleep because some, she still sleep, doesn't understand the concept of sleep. So sometimes you wander off the bedroom, and I have to tell her to go back to the bedroom. And when she goes to bed, and then I can clean up the house because she's a quite active girl so I have to clean up all the mess that she created.
1: Yeah, okay. And then
2: by the time I clean up the house and then time for me to go to bed.
1: Now, Tomo, so what I'm really um, getting at with this question is that I think it was with those proposed cutbacks which mm-hmm. seems to be being reinstated there that it's actually a very, very demanding position to be caring for someone full time. Now, under mm-hmm. the proposed cutbacks, it said that unless it was um, safe to do so. Now, as a full-time carer, um, I would think that a person who's caring for someone full-time needs actually some time to actually look after themselves as well as other people to care uh, for them as well. So how would the council actually say that we're only going to do cutbacks when it might be the only time you've got some time to actually do other things?
2: Yeah, well, that's an important point because, uh, yes... um that's why, that the, for example, I have another uh, child, my son, who is a high school boy, who doesn't have a disability. But sometimes that the, my son has a school event. Both me and my wife want to go to see like a music concert and so on. But without this kind of care services, we can't go. One of us always have to stay home. So just to rejuvenate ourselves, this is important service. But unfortunately, council bureaucrats don't see that way. They are simply looking at things in that budget point of view. And, you know, there's other services. State offer these services. NDS is coming. Oh, Moreland doesn't have enough money. Oh, funding is getting short, smaller. We run out of money. So we're going to start cutting the service. They don't actually look at the perspective of actual uh, the client, how services are used. If they have any thinking about how important this service is for clients, they wouldn't just send one letter one day. They would have asked each client how this is used, how important this is, and if there's any other um, uh, alternative to them, they they can make a decision. But the way they handle is that they're not the the person who really cares about the perspective of, of how important this service is for clients.
0: Should that uh, should services li- like this should the should they more should they more be helping pe- because eventually uh, the ca- eventually uh, c- councils um, probably probably won't provide these kind of services so sh- should should the c- should councils give people um, uh, give people resources to find other Agencies that will provide uh, support they need?
2: Well, yeah, that, that, that's a good question because, as uh, I, I just say, that you know, with the rollout of NDIS at one stage, at one stage within the next two years, there will be a major change. And the important thing is that they, instead of simply just uh, cutting, chopping off the services, councils sh- should consider some kind of transition plan. How are we going to? Migrate or how are we going to cope with uh, each client? If council can no longer offer the services, they should try to pursue any other available services like a state level or federal level, any funding level. And then they can liaise and it's more like a case management. Instead of just we just chop off the service, that's the important thing that uh, they can, they should work with families, clients to how we're going to. Call the transition. Right now, the, their approach is that, that they just simply chop off. That's it. We have to call.
1: Okay, so one of the things that when a person, when a council is going to actually make uh, some type of changes, which is going to have a very significant impact on people's lives,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how would, um, like, how would a council actually say that? Okay, we're going to take away. Surfaces maybe fifty percent of the time, but we're going to give people maybe two weeks' notice to come up with alternative ideas You said yeah. I, think, I think i think um Tomo, you mentioned that the letter came out about the second or third of June, and the com- and the, it was going to start taking place on the sixteenth so that's yeah. about two weeks to actually to actually reorganize find other places, and even if people had resources available to maybe Go to other organisations. Wouldn't they actually have a waiting list there anyway?
2: Yeah, that's the thing that the the, the council claimed that the well that state has a services. You can ask for uh, an individual support package (ISP), but you know this state funding, as you say, that there's a long waiting list. Even uh, to be registered, it takes time, and we don't know how long it takes. And they should know that they know that if that's the case if they want to cut the services they can lead this kind of application process unless that the next uh step is uh, secure they shouldn't cut the services so that's the the, the important thing That uh and now as i said we have at least two years so i i think it's important for us to now to start engaging council to uh to how are we gonna work on the this up uh, the change expected in the next two years? If we just sit and wait, what what's gonna happen is that the probably same things gonna happen again. Suddenly council make a decision. Okay, well this is a big change. It's all up to you. NDS is coming, so go ahead buy. But as we we have already heard that NDIS, uh, there's some places it's already rolled out, but the people again there's a some waiting period. It just doesn't start suddenly. You have to apply for the services, find the appropriate carer or agency. It takes. There's always a gap between the introduction of the program and actually we start receiving the services. So it's important that we start planning well ahead and the council should take into consideration. Uh, they should learn a lesson from what they have done in the past one month period.
1: Now, Tomo, do you know if this is um, something that is... The proposed cutbacks by Moreland Council. Do you know if that's going to apply to possible other areas,
2: um, like, uh, like
1: like like other councils? Other councils, you may know.
2: Uh, I understand that this other council has already made a decision to cut the this uh, home care services outright. I know that it is a trend, and but the. Uh, I think it's very hard to compare because in some council, they cut the services before, uh, they already uh, made a decision to cut the service because they have already NDIS being rolled out. So it is very difficult. But what I see the trend is that quite often introduction of NDIS is used as a kind of excuse or reasoning to cut council level or state level services. But as I said, we need some reasonable transition and we need uh, the the guarantee that uh, we still keep receiving the same level of service.
0: Well, uh, yes, it's 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 vitally important that uh, services, regardless of what service, they are at least uh, maintained in the sh- short term. Now, uh, Tomo, uh, is there anything? Um, uh, well, I guess I'm just thinking of it on my head is there is there anything that people anything that you, uh you'd like to our listeners to do to to help or is-
2: well that uh what i what I learned from this experience is that uh, that the our voice if we get together we can change it it is just a council level, but each family each carer is isolated, but if we get together and start acting together, we can make a change and a council to uh, reverse their decision. That's, that's one important lesson.
0: That is a that is a fantastic lesson to leave us with. Thank you very much tonight, T- Tomo. Um, and we've been talking to T- Tomo, whose surname is Rafael? Uh, Matuka? Mat- that's it, Matuka. Masuka, I, Msuka I, I'm go, going with um we've been speaking he's a local he's a local resident affected by a re, uh, recent decision to cut aged and disability services but we're pleased to know that they're re- reinstated um anyway uh, thank you
1: thank you again for joining us tonight uh to, Tomo. thank you thank Cheers. you Cheers. and just before we go out is that quick announcement here just Out of Frame, photography exhibition. Opening that night is Thursday, 21st of July, 6pm to 8pm at Gasworks, 21 Graham Street. It's a photography exhibition. And that's in Howard
0: park, isn't it?
1: It certainly is. And I think we're back on the 15th of July um, next 15th of August I should say.
0: Fantastic well thank you, thank you everyone thank you for your company tonight
1: listeners, thank you Raphael Thanks, Andy for panelling and what have we got to go out on? We're going out with Down City Streets by Archie Roach and coming up next we have Finn. Tamil Voices Keep listening Cheers Down City Streets I would roam. I had no bed. I had no home. Crawl out of bushes early morning. Use newspapers to keep me warm. Then I'd have to or a thing.